Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Thanks, it's six minutes past 12. Indeed, this is a Midday Live, SAFM, 104 to 107. How was your long weekend? Sokawise, a lucky escape for the Bucks, reads a newspaper headline today. Of course, uh, referring to uh, that uh, narrow win by uh, Orlando Pirates uh, beating Supersport uh, United on penalties. Them, no such problems for Kaiser Chiefs on Saturday, cruising to a 3-0 victory uh, and uh, beating the Amatarks them. And uh, Robin Van Persie is back, and uh, of course uh, he continued where he left off last season, scoring two goals for the Red Devils and winning the Community Shield. And they're so close yet so far for the Sharks and the Lions. Uh, this weekend in their Car Cup matches. And uh, top stories this hour really is uh, one year commemoration, at least this week, a uh, one year commemoration of uh, the Marikana tragedy. Police Commissioner Ria Piecha saying uh, it still hurt, uh, haunts her and uh, the police members who were involved on that day. Twelve months on, how are the families of the victims, the mine workers who were killed, coping with the situation? Some of the stories that uh, will be coming through this week. And of course, uh, the Cosato Central Executive Committee special meeting on Wednesday to discuss uh, the fate of its uh, General Secretary uh, Zolinzi Mavavi, uh, that one uh, can uh, actually be a, a big, big story this uh, this week. NUMSA is expected to pronounce on uh, the outcomes of uh, their central executive meeting this weekend, and surely the issue of uh, Vavi will come through. Welcome to your Monday edition of uh, Midday Live. My name is Bongi Kuala. We welcome your SMSs on 34701. Our top story this hour, we go to the Northern Cape. Service delivery at the Namakoi municipality in the Northern Cape has come to a standstill. This as a dispute between the NC and the DA over who should govern the municipality continues. The matter has been to court already. In May, a by-election victory by the ANC swung power in favour of uh, the ANC then. The DA, however, uh, was uh, in the process of uh, removing eight ANC councillors for failure to attend three consecutive council meetings. For more on this now, let's say good afternoon to our reporter, Margaret Motibi. Uh, Margaret, uh, welcome. Thank you, Bongi. Good afternoon to you. Help us understand uh, this uh, story. Just give us a, a bit of a background to it. Well, basically what happened after the ANC won um, the power to govern the Namakwe municipality after the by-election in May, the DA went to court to say that um, they were in the process, rather, of removing the, the eight ANC councillors, whom they accused of failing to attend three consecutive council meetings where they were supposed to table um, the budget for the municipality. So they have accused the ANC of being um, hell-bent on trying to make sure that the municipality is not functional. So that was in the process when the ANC won the by-election. So as soon as they won, they went to court to say, before they take over the by-election, court must rule on whether or not those eight councils were supposed to be still, um, part, of, to be still part of the, the, the municipality. And uh, the court, is it uh, finding any difficulty in, in ruling on this matter? You're saying that uh, the DA was in the process of removing uh, these eight councillors when the by-election happened. So surely the court will, will find it easy to rule on this one. Court actually ruled after we did our story on Wednesday um, to highlight the fact that there were no services and that the, the judgment had been reserved. On Thursday, they convened, um, they, they convened all the, the, the affected parties to say they must come for an urgent ruling. It was supposed to be on the 23rd of September, but it was brought forward. Um, and in the press conference today, the, the MEC for local government, Elvin Waters, 
said that it has been the court ruling has been in favor of the ANC, meaning the ANC is now in control of Namakwe municipality, and that it, the case was dismissed with cost. And what the NEC said is that the individuals that had gone to court, um, those that uh, those that belong to DA and and COPE, that it will be them that will be paying for for the costs out of their pockets um, because it wasn't a municipal decision to go to court and and contest the the by-election. All right, so it wasn't just the DA, but it was a coalition of uh, opposition uh, in the in the uh, in that particular municipality. That is correct. All right, talk us through the, the, the service delivery then. We understand that uh, really uh, there was a problem with that, uh, with the service delivery coming to a standstill. Who has been in charge of uh, the municipality these past uh, couple of days when uh, uh, the matter was in court? It was actually a couple of months because it was since May. Um, and what has happened is that when, when the reserve judgment, when the high court reserve judgment, it was made clear that Nothing is supposed to happen. No decisions are supposed to be made regarding to any of the projects of the municipality. Um, so what basically what that basically meant was that there were no services, absolutely no services, and that area had serious problems of water shortages. So all the projects that are related to that had to come to a standstill, a standstill rather, until a decision was taken um, regarding on regarding the the by election victory to say who is the person that is supposed to take over the municipality now. Thank you very much, Margaret Motibi, our reporter in the Northern Cape, talking about the situation at the Namakoi municipality. Let's talk now to the MEC for local government there, Alvin Bortes. Good afternoon to you, sir. Yes, good afternoon, Gongi, and to SAFM listeners. Thank you for t- uh, talking to us this afternoon. A few months of uh, really no service delivery. Uh, how did you cope as uh, the, the local government there? Well, uh, this is a, is a crisis for uh, cooperative governance because for the past five months, since the time that the ANC have actually uh, won the by-elections in Springbok, uh, the court, we were interdicted by a, a COPE uh, DA coalition uh, that purported to act on behalf of the Namakoi uh, municipality. And our hands uh, was basically tied for the past five months, but we, we are elated that uh, the High Court in the Northern Cape have actually dismissed with cause the application that has been brought uh, by the DA uh, Cope Coalition. Mm. But why would the DA and, uh, of course, its partners here, Cope, as we hear, uh, really resist uh, vacating the office because they'd won, they'd, they'd lost that uh, by-election? Do you know when, when you engaged with them, what kind of sense did you get from them that really pushed for them to, to resist uh, uh, leaving the office? Well, there's, there's primarily two reasons. The first reason is that they have appointed uh, a municipality with only a standard six qualification. In South African language today, that is a grade eight uh, uh, student. Uh, so the municipal manager that they have appointed for the past years has actually been a person that actually have not qualified in any grain uh, to be a competent uh, uh, local governance administrator. And I have given notice to them that I intend putting aside the uh, uh, their appointment uh, through a, a special uh, uh, court order. So, because it's a body-body issue in Namakoi municipality, uh, because this gentleman with uh, the standard uh, six qualification 
happens to be a, a, a close uh, childhood friend of the uh, COP speaker and the DA uh, leadership in Springbok, they actually refused uh, to embrace my opinion and intervention, Monge. Now, that's a serious allegation that you're making, uh, MEC, really. So uh, what have you done about this? I'm looking at uh, a whole lot of... Uh, municipalities getting qualified audits, getting disclaimers and, and surely if this one is managed by someone who's not qualified, not just not qualified but really falling far short of uh, qualification, it's a problem. No, indeed. You know, Namakoi I'm faced with an immediate crisis now to account to the people of Springo because more than 56 million rand in unauthorized, irregular uh, wasteful and fruitless expenditure has been incurred by the Namakoi municipal manager. So this is obviously no surprise because you cannot actually blame that a person of uh, uh, standard uh, uh, aid uh, qualification could actually have been conscious that they are making a big uh, 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 problem with our people's money. So my next step, Longi, uh, will be to immediately petition the High Court uh, to uh, overturn the regular appointment, and I have requested the special council meeting that will convene uh, on Thursday, which has been requested by the majority of uh, the councillors, which happens to be the ANC component, to immediately place him under suspension. And, uh, uh, MEC, I, I, I get a feeling that a whole lot of people have been inconvenienced by this. People lost uh, businesses. I mean, there was uh, uh, no service delivery, as we, as we say. How are we going to uh, mop up, as it were, really to make sure that uh, things are back on track as fast as possible. And those who lost their businesses, really, where, where should they go? Who should they tend, tend to? Well, um, I think the, the, the time for complacent governance has come to an end uh, for the people of Springbok. Uh, the MEC have authorized a special uh, uh, hands-on support team to ensure that we have a local government's turnaround strategy but also to, to give confidence to the people of Springbok. Um, we, I have already had, a, uh, uh, through my team, a meeting with the, the Hawks in the Northern Cape to, and request them to immediately institute a comprehensive uh, criminal investigation into the mismanagement of this municipality. Um, and so I think that in terms of corporate governance, there will be confidence back to the business people from Thursday in the municipality but we are not going to leave uh, 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 these type of people that uh, spend 56 million rand of our people's money upon you and think that the long arms of the law will not get to them. We thank you very much, uh, Alvin Porter's uh, MEC for Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs in the province of Northern Cape at 17 minutes past 12. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Our top story this hour, political analyst Zakel Ndlovu says embattled Kosatu General Secretary Zolinzi Mavavi could face suspension this week. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,328.20 an ounce, platinum at $1,498.50 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 90 cents against the US dollar at 15 rand 20 to the pound and at 13 rand 10 cents to the euro.
Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights, and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Unite and celebrate at the Nelson Mandela Sport and Culture Day, 17th August 2013, F&B Stadium. For the first time ever, an explosive sports and music lineup. Bafana Bafana versus Burkina Faso. The Springboks versus Argentina. Soccer Legends. South Africa versus Italy. Followed by a live concert featuring local and international artists. Unite. One man, one nation, one celebration. Get your tickets now at Country Ticket. In honor of Nadiba, this weekend at the FNB Stadium, Bafana Bafana and the Springboks are in action, all part of the Nelson Mandela Sport and Culture Day, and we'll have it all covered on SAFM Sports Special with myself, Brad Brown, right here on SAFM. You're with Midday Live on SFM 104 to 107. Let's go to the courts now. Security has been beefed up at the Protea Magistrates Court in Soweto ahead of the appearance of 26 residents arrested over the weekend. They were taken into custody following a violent service delivery protest in Protea South last Thursday. The community damaged property, barricaded roads and stone passing cars during their protest for electricity, houses, proper sanitation and roads. A reporter joining us now on the line is the Edwin City, good afternoon to you, Edwin. Good afternoon, Bongi. Let's talk first about uh, the security situation being beefed up at the Protea Magistrates Court. What can you tell us? Well, Bongi, what I can tell you at this stage is that the members of the SAPS Public Order Policing have been deployed here at the Protea Magistrates Court this morning. Uh, you would note that uh, this is where uh, some of the suspects are arrested for public violence uh, following that uh, Service, that uh, violent service delivery protest in Protea South are expected to appear. Well, Bongi, what I can see now is that uh, some of uh, these uh, subs, uh, public order policy members, are, put, uh, are patrolling in the courtyard, and uh, you know they have uh, they have also, I mean, they are also taking uh, a good care of the situation here, as uh, a large contingent of rather members of uh, of public here from Protea South have come out in their numbers here to come and show their support to those who have been arrested. Bongi, I should say that uh, there were conflicting reports as to how many people have been arrested. It was clarified and then re-clarified and re-clarified again. So now at this stage what we are being told is that the number of people who have been arrested following that service delivery protest were 16 and four of them were minors. And uh, there are some new developments with regard to this case. We have just been told now by a uh, Soweto police spokesperson, uh, K. Makubela, that uh, 13 of those who are arrested have been released due to lack of uh, evidence. Okay, so, so how, many, how many people now are going to appear uh, this afternoon? Well, this afternoon, people will be appearing only 13 people. Uh, as I said initially, that, uh, you know, according to the re-clarify again, it, there were 26 people who have been arrested, 13 have been released, and of those 13 released, four are minors. Now, the only people who will be appearing this afternoon is only 13 people who will be charged for public violence, initial damage to property and theft. And uh, we saw also uh, members of the public there at Protea South uh, vowing to come and support their comrades, as it were, uh, during this uh, court appearance, and also some even uh, saying that uh, they'll, they'll make sure that they disrupt uh, the, the, the proceedings. You're saying that the police are taking good care of that. But uh, what about uh, the members of the public? 
Are they well behaving? Well, members of the public from uh, this township uh, that is Protea South have come out in their numbers, as I said. They have conversed outside Court 7 where this matter will be heard. And some of them we've been speaking to, they are saying that you know, they want their comrades to be released. Otherwise, then, I mean, it will be chaos again in Protea South. You would know that uh, this protest action started last week Thursday after residents complained about the numerous, rather, number of things, including housing, sanitation, water, and all sorts of things. So they are saying that you know what, until such time that our people be released and until such time that uh, we get our demands to be met, then we are going to continue to protest. Well, Bongi, the other news that we have just had now is that uh, there will be a public meeting this afternoon at the local library where some senior officials from uh, housing government will be coming to address residents. Uh, well, some of the residents we spoke to, they are saying that they don't want to see, and uh, I mean, local officials, including the NNC for housing, uh, the NBO, who they are saying that they will want a senior official from the housing government to come and address us in mm. order for us to get what we are demanding. All right, Edwin, at uh, the courthouse, uh, the situation is under control, but uh, what about uh, back at the township right now? Wh- what are you hearing? I know you're at court, but uh, how is the situation there? Well, I've been, I've been there this morning before I came to court here. The situation is calm there. However, I should say that the police continue to patrol the area and have spotted several nyalas being placed at the strategic places, like at the corner of the Protea Garden Malls. I mean, at the corner of Protea Garden Mall and also some of the, some of the members of the public order policing are making sure that, uh, you know, I mean, the situation that uh, was seen last week is not being repeated here. Some of them are working in this township to ensure that the situation remains as it is now. Thank you very much, uh, our reporter Edwin C.D. from South. Let's go uh, West Rand now. Uh, we're in Fochville, uh, Fochville Magistrate Court on Gauteng's West Rand, where 25 residents arrested during a service delivery process last week there uh, were also due in court. Three houses belonging to local councillors were damaged. Shops uh, owned by foreign nationals were looted and uh, one person was killed. Our reporter Tsepo Pahane on the line for us uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, uh, Tsepo. Good afternoon, Goni. What can you tell us uh, on that part of Gauteng? Uh, well, the latest going is that uh, uh, as we reported earlier that uh, those who were appearing in court were 25. But now the total number is 36. And the latest is that all of them, all the 36, have been released on a warning uh, uh, pending further investigations by the police. So as I'm speaking to you now, they've all been released. Uh, they've been dispersing in numbers. They're going back to Mokosi Township here at Foxville, far west of Houghton. And again, we saw the members of the public saying that uh, they will come and support their comrades. Was that uh, the situation at the court? Well, it, it was not as, uh, you know, as crowded or the, the, the numbers were not that big as the ones that we saw last week when also uh, the EFF leader, uh, economic freedom fighter leader, Gilad Maliba, was present. So today uh, it was uh, mostly family members, relatives and friends who were here in court to come and find out, you know, what will happen to their loved ones, whether they're going to be uh, released uh, or from prison, or whether they're going to be spent another no week, you know, uh, they continue to, to be uh, in prison because you know that they spend the whole of the long weekend uh, behind bars. But uh, as we see at the moment, all the things have been released. Um, the state says uh, they don't they don't object to them being released because um, you know uh, the police have managed to verify the addresses, to confirm the addresses, and also that uh, you know they reside within the jurisdiction of the court and that all of them were first offenders in relation to 
the issue of ongoing violence. But uh, the matter has been uh, postponed to, to, to September to next month for, for police to go to continue with uh, the investigation. I wanted to speak to uh, a representative, actually a, 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 a leader of the community who uh, uh, confirmed that at the moment that they will be suspending the violent process, pending the discussions that they are currently holding with uh, the, the, the uh, members of, of government. Uh, so at the moment, until uh, uh, you know the next court appearance, uh, they won't be uh, engaging in the violence. Even the magistrates want them not to engage in, in, in further violence uh, pending their, uh, their next court appearance. So, so shortly, or rather briefly, you, you are saying that uh, then at Kokosi Township it, it should be quiet now because uh, violence has been suspended uh, as a tool really to, to get uh, government to listen to them. Correct. It was quiet uh, throughout the long weekend, and uh, even now we managed to, uh, I managed to drive by uh, to the township. Uh, you know, it's not suggested. There's some people going about their daily chores. Um, and, and, and initially we reported that uh, the, 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 the chairperson of the housing agency, uh, Youth League, uh, uh, and uh, uh, was present in court on okay. um, uh, uh, I tried to, to, you know, to, 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 Yeah, let's, let's leave it at that. Tsepo, the line is not too great. Tsepo Pahane is our reporter uh, at uh, Fochville Magistrates Court. Thank you very much. Let's go to the Eastern Cape now, where Finance Minister Pravin Gordon has met with uh, the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro leadership over infrastructure backlogs uh, that's uh, driving away business. Let's talk to our reporter, Mkabisi Ngaina. Good afternoon to you, Mkabisi. Hi, uh, talk us through the meeting uh, that uh, has just taken place between uh, uh, Pravin Gordon, Finance Minister, and uh, the leadership of uh, that troubled uh, Nelson Mandela Bay Metro. Uh, yes, Bongi, as we're speaking currently, um, the Minister, with, um, together with the Minister of um, Corporate Governance Affairs, Letusa um, Tanoli, they are still locked in a meeting with the leadership um, of the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro. As you know, that the city is currently battling um, with the 4.2 billion um, a year infrastructure maintenance. Um, and also, some of the, the, the ministers, uh, they will also deliberate on, on the financial status of the city and also the, um, the, the, the stability of the city. As we all know, currently, the city does not have a city manager, which makes it difficult for the municipality to operate as, the, as, the, as there's no account office um, to employ um, senior personnel and, uh, and, and other staff. And, and this meeting, did it start really about uh, talking specifically about uh, the, the, the issue of uh, infrastructure backlog, or did it even look at the, the, the problem with leadership of that uh, uh, metro, uh, metropolitan? Um, for the minister to actually come from to to this municipality, it just show how big the problem it is in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro. He was the first one to come here. If you remember, I think um, two weeks back, um, the deputy president was also here. Was also here in the Nelson Mandela Metro to try and um, and 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 mend the relationship between the the then um, former. Um, 
Alfred Menet and Alfred the Mayor and his deputy, the, 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 the deputy and uh, um, the, the mayor and, and his deputy, they have been at local health with the, um, with the former city manager, um, which um, really caused an instability in this municipality. Even the top press of the ANC was also here in the, in the Eastern Cape to try and, and, and save this municipality. But this comes, um, 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 those uh, meetings, they prove fruitless. And also one of the reasons, um, 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 another reason that um, the minister is here today is the um, is the IPT's, um bus program, which um, the the Nelson Mandela Metro was given a deadline, but um, um, the uh, but the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro didn't a deadline, and there was also a threat that the national treasurer will actually take back that money. But um, the deputy um, the deputy mayor um, Chipa Nolomba actually flew to Pretoria to try and 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 could, and, and uh, to try and change um, um, Mr. Trevor Gordon's mind about that. So those are those are not that's another issue that um, the, 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 that is on, also on the agenda of this meeting. Got you. Thank you very much. I'm going to now reporter in the Eastern Cape. 12.30 now, time for the news headlines. Thank you very much, uh, Utsile. And uh, Shadow, it's Monday today after a long weekend, and I guess it boils down to this. It comes to otherwise Monday to pick us up. Well, more to make you relax, <laughs> to breathe, Bongi. There's so much going on. I think we need to take a deep breath. And my guest is Pamela Vassan, who's a yoga therapist, and she's going to talk to us about yoga postures and breathing techniques to release negative emotions and trauma. Isn't that appropriate? <laughs> Indeed, it is. Let's do yoga. Just, just breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, we shall try that. Thank you very much, Shadow. We'll see you between one and two this afternoon or otherwise. Great radio indeed still to come. Right here on SFM 104 to 107. Just a couple of SMSs. Uh, this one coming from Ste in Kozun Natal saying that uh, I think Dr. Koza and the technical team are aware that uh, our defense isn't solid. Losing the first game should have uh, rung um, bells. Just one defender. Of course, uh, Ste talking about uh, Orlando Pirates there. And uh, someone writes, in there, it's unsigned. This one it says, Are we uh, only going to get the ANC point of view in Springbok? Uh, talking about uh, Namakoi municipality, no, actually, no, we're not gonna leave the story here, we'll continue until we know what is going on. But it was important for us to get a sense uh, of uh, what the MEC uh, has to say there, charged uh, with uh, running cooperative governance there. And this one coming from Spiwo in Guazul Natal, Kosatu must, as soon as uh, practically possible, get rid of Vavi, he's making a lot of noise. We which he doesn't even mean. They must uh, put a reliable puppet there, says Piwo. And uh, this one, uh, Don from Cape Town, also saying that uh, why not uh, also have DA representative at your interview on the Springbok controversy? Uh, thank you very much, Don, for raising that. As I said, we had to talk to the MEC about that particular issue first, and you had our reporter also just giving us a bit of a background to that. It's uh, 27 minutes now to 1. This is Midday Live, SAFM 104. The National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa, NUMSA, has briefed the media on uh, its Central Committee meeting outcomes. Kosatu's biggest affiliate, NUMSA, says it, doesn't, it does not have confidence in the Labour Federation's leader, Stumu Lamini. It says Lamini has, in his public utterances, prejudged Kosatu General Secretary Zolinzi Mavavi as having brought the Labour Federation into disrepute, and he is also failing to unite the organisation. Let's talk now to our senior political Reporter Busi Chimombe, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Bongi. 
was this uh, to be expected really coming out of uh, NUMSA, uh, particularly Irvin Jim, saying that uh, they don't have uh, any confidence in uh, Lamin as the president of the organization? Well, we did expect that there was some kind of, uh, there was going to be some kind of uh, fight back campaign uh, from the, uh, for, for, to the extent that we know that NUMSA has basically been backing uh, um, uh, Mr. Vavi in terms of uh, uh, the fact that there's a lot of uh, they, they feel that this is a there's a political plot behind all these uh, these allegations behind, uh, behind Vavi. So uh, so we were expecting that uh, with the CEC looming, the the special CEC that has been scheduled for Wednesday looming, that uh, NUMSA would come with a fight back plan. And um, they did convene a special. Uh, Central Executive Committee meeting specifically uh, about the the, the Vavi Six scandal, as it's known. Right. So I guess uh, that uh, preoccupied the bigger chunk of uh, the press conference, uh, and of course uh, I would assume the Central Committee uh, meeting over the weekend. But what else uh, uh, came out of uh, of that CEC meeting? Well, basically, what the, uh, besides that, before before we go there, what they want is uh, for the Central Executive Committee meeting that's scheduled for Wednesday to be scrapped. They're saying that uh, they're going to be writing to the Kosatu National Office Bearer to make sure uh, that this happens. They say that uh, uh, there's constitutional requirements uh, within uh, uh, within Kosatu that have not been met. And although we did ask them what these constitutional requirements are, uh, they, 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 they profess to, to stay tight-lipped saying that this is uh, going to be um, presented internally uh, to that meeting on Wednesday should it go ahead or internally to uh, to, to Kosato itself. Uh, but in terms of the other things that they did discuss, they spoke about uh, the fact that um, they are unhappy with the way negotiations uh, in the sector are going, the collective bargaining. Uh, they're saying that uh, a lot of the main employers appear to be unwilling to um, concede to what they say are perfectly normal demands in terms of uh, worker wages and uh, conditions. They also spoke about the Maracana Commission, uh, basically saying that it's unfair that uh, the SACP, the, the, um, the police, uh, should have um, a legal representation that is uh, paid for, and yes, the miners uh, do not. So they also demanding that Lonman, the mine, must also pay for lawyers for the mine workers because... They say that it, 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 because of the mines and transigence, that is why um, things actually got to the way they did. And uh, they're also going to be talking about the Arms Deal Commission. And they spoke a little bit about it, basically saying that they're going to be seeking legal opinion uh, just in case they're subpoenaed in terms of that commission. All right, Busi Chimambe, our senior political reporter, thank you very much. Let's stay with uh, the issue of uh, NUMSA here uh, vis-à-vis Zelinzi uh, Mavavi. Let's say good afternoon to our reporter, not our reporter, political analyst. He's independent as well, Ralph Mateja. Ralph, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Bongi, and good afternoon to your listeners. The NUMSA CEC over the weekend, uh, was it was it scheduled as far as you know, or it had to happen uh, really pre-judging or preempting Cosatu's uh, uh, move? And of course, as we know, that uh, there will be a CEC meeting of Cosatu on Wednesday. Well, I think the main concern or the main drive for having this meeting over the weekend, uh, from the observer side, is that uh, Nunsa is trying by all means to manage what is going to happen within Cosatu and to make sure that. Uh, 
the special CEC meeting is not being held. The aim here, according to Mumsa, if one follows exactly what they're saying, is that the issue that continues within Kosati, Mr. Vavis, uh, situation, it's not an extraordinary measure. Uh, there is no need to schedule a special CEC meeting on this. They will prefer to have uh, this thing, if it is discussed, discussed at an ordinary CEC meeting, which we have heard is going to be coming next month. Mm. So NUMSA is very preemptive here, and I think what will make them happy is to make sure that this issue actually does not even make it to the agenda of the CEC in their view, the way in which they seem to be going about. In your view, though, is it correct for NUMSA to, to suggest that uh, this matter is not important, it can wait for a month uh, or so, or do they even see that uh, they, there's a problem uh, with uh, the leader of uh, the Federation uh, really having uh, sex in an affair with a colleague uh, in, in the offices of COSATU? That's a good question you are asking. I don't think it is correct because uh, even if one uh, does not necessarily have to preempt what will happen if such kind of an extraordinary or a special CEC meeting is held, as a matter of fact, the way in which it stands, or maybe the same opinion is that uh, this issue is an extraordinary issue. You have here a serious issue about uh, uh, the leader of the of the federation who is alleged to have had this relationship with a junior staff. And over and above that, there is also other questions that remain unanswered about whether how the, 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 the said junior member has actually been hired into COSATU. Those are issues that need to be discussed through internal processes. And the message that is being sent outside COSATU with NUMSA continuing to block this is that they do not see it as a serious issue. And I'm afraid the, the, the union does not come up very well from outside. It seems as if uh, Munsa's determination to protect Mr. Vavi in this seems to supersede any other principle. They are not willing to look into any other thing. For them, it appears they just want to protect Mr. Vavi at whatever cost. Do you see NUMSA adopting a particular stance that of uh, really attacking the leadership as as they say right now they have uh, no confidence in Stuma Zamini as the president of uh, uh, the the Labour Federation do you think that will resonate with the likes of Satu and Fao for instance who have been uh, seen to be in their camp uh, that is the camp of uh, uh, Zuelinzi Mavavi do you think that will work I think so far they have taken a stand, as you say. They have taken a stand. They don't want to see this thing being discussed in an extraordinary meeting, and they'll be happy if it, if it doesn't even make it to the agenda of an ordinary meeting. And I think that at the lower level of what's going on, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here, there should be some form of lobbying of affiliates, uh, other affiliates of COSADU, Create because is divided about this with uh, other affiliate unions being divided either way of uh, of the camp, and this continues to to cause real risks within uh, uh, the federation. And I don't think NUMSA will take a position on its own. I think it also testing the strength that it has, or at least 
demonstrating the strength that it, ha- it has with the other affiliates within the Federation. Thank you very much uh, to uh, the independent political analyst, uh, Ralph Matecha. It's a story that uh, we'll be watching with uh, Bridget Bath come Wednesday uh, to get a sense of what happens to that special CEC of COSATU. It's uh, 18 minutes to one. We go to KwaZulu-Natal now where the ANC there has confirmed that one of its councillors, a former IFP councillor, has been shot dead at Ulundi in northern KwaZulu-Natal. Makosong Msibi was uh, shot as he returned from an ANC function at Kwanongoma held to welcome some 700 members of the IFP and NFP into the party. Let's, join to, let's talk to our reporter now, Vusi Makosin, who joins us from uh, Durban. Vusi, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, talk us through this uh, particular issue. How did it happen? And uh, of course, we know for sure now that uh, the ANC has confirmed that indeed uh, Makosong MCB was their member. Yes, according to the, the, the family and the ANC in Sigwas, uh, coming from that ANC meeting which was held at Nongoma, where the ANC was welcoming three uh, councillors and, and, and about 700 members, uh, for, for who were defecting from the IFP to the ANC when he was, when he was gunned down. And he, uh, he was shot in, in front of his uh, family members, that's what we're hearing. Yes, he was, according to the family, he was shot uh, in front of his family a few hours after uh, they came from that ANC meeting. But uh, according to the, 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 the family, the gate was not closed because the, the, the gate for the family, for the home was uh, the problem. So it was broken some time ago, from about two weeks ago. The gate was no longer working. That's how the, the, the suspect uh, entered the, 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 the part of the family. I wonder what is uh, the, the the leadership of of the ANC and even the IFP and NFP saying about uh, about this uh, right now, even uh, political analysts, because uh, it, it's all too familiar uh, scenes that uh, we've seen uh, in in that particular province. Uh, round about uh, election time, you see a lot of people losing their lives. The ANC saying that they are saying that they are very concerned because this is not the first time. Of- this year alone, about 10 ANC uh, uh, members, including councillors, have been killed in Guazul-Natal alone. And also they are saying that uh, they believe that this was politically motivated because uh, um, CB was the member of the ANC and then this area is known to be prone to political intolerance. Uh, you recall that in a couple of years ago, there were some, uh, there was political intolerance in the area, which resulted to a number of people, both from the ANC and the IFP, being killed in the area. Thank you very much, uh, our reporter Vusi Makosini in Durban. With that, we give you your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. And you say good afternoon to Sudhir Singh of Sasfin Securities. Uh, Sudhir, how are the markets looking at the start of a new week? Bungi Global Markets are mostly higher this morning, with European stocks higher, tracking positive uh, Asian markets on hopes Japan would step in to support its economy after growth came in weaker than expected. Over in the U.S., uh, nine-tenths of the S&P 500 has reported earnings, and 72% of those companies beat estimates, and stocks are trading near record high record highs. However, the sentiment uh, could be short-lived over the next few weeks, with department stores and general merchandise operators expected to report a decline in earnings. 
On the local front, uh, the JSE has followed its global counterparts higher this morning, with the gold miners leading to the upside. However, some of the local rent hedge counters are losing ground on the back of a firmer rent. In corporate news, uh, Royal Buffer King Platinum reported first-half earnings that more than doubled, and this was largely due to the weaker rent. Just taking a look at our local indices, we've got the gold index, which is up uh, 9.3%. Resource 10 index is up uh, 2.6%. The industrial 25 index is up 0.1%. The, sorry, it's down 0.1%. The financial index is down 0.1%. And overall, the market is up around 307 points, or 0.7% to 42,050. And uh, your stocks on the move today? On the upside, we've got Anglo Gold, which is up almost 9% at 128 rands and 50 cents. Barlow World is up uh, just over 3.5% at 87 rands. BHP Bulletin is up uh, just over 2% at 296 rands. ShopRite is up just over 1% at 162 rands and 80 cents. And on the downside, we have Netcare, which is down uh, just over 2% at uh, 23 rands and 20 cents. SAB Miller is down just over a percent at 475 rands. Vodacom is down half a percent at 119 rands and 40 cents. And uh, lastly, we have Richmond, which is slightly lower today at 24 rands and 80 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? Currently, we have gold, which is trading at uh, $1,328.20 an ounce. Platinum is at uh, $1,498.50 an ounce. Brent crude is at $107.90 per barrel. And finally, we have the rand, which is trading at 9 rand 90 cents to the dollar, 15 rand 20 cents to the pound, and 13 rand 10 cents to the euro. That's it from me, Bongi. Sudhir Singh of Sassman Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please call and cancel my exercise therapy session with the calisthenics posture gate and lower lumbar vertebra specialist. The chiropractor, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Further afield now, analysts say the situation in Mali needs to be approached with serious caution. The country held its second round of elections yesterday to decide who, between former Prime Minister Ibrahim Boubacar Keita and former Finance Minister Somalia Sisse, will emerge victorious. The election follows more than a year of turmoil which included a coup and a French-led military intervention uh, to oust Islamic rebels from the north. Let's talk now to Dr. Spamandla Zondi. He is the director of uh, the Institute for Global Dialogue. Dr. Zondi, welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Peter, and good, good afternoon to your listeners. How crucial is this uh, round of uh, elections for Mali itself? To the extent that it marks a, a, an end to a protracted process of transition from uh, military uh, to civilian rule and the beginning of a, a long and must, what must be a very complicated process of fully normalizing politics in, in Mali uh, in a manner that makes sure that the uh, difficult socioeconomic conditions don't give rise uh, to this, destabilizing extremism and even military interventions, uh, then this is a very important moment mm. in the history of Mali. 
Indeed it is, because uh, we know what happened earlier this year, but uh, it, it's interesting to observe really the, the reaction from from these uh, multinationals, uh, really the, the, the AU, the, the, the UN, it, it, it was pretty much like a, a muted response from them. We, we, we had even, for, we forgot that there was election there. I mean, we, we focused on, uh, on Zimbabwe, but uh, not much was said about Mali, yet it was very crucial for, for the region to, to, to make some pronouncements. Yeah, it, 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 there is a sense in which there is, uh, from especially where we are in Southern Africa, uh, Mali may be too far from us and may not have any direct impact on our uh, most uh, uh, closest national interest uh, and therefore may not receive the kind of uh, coverage we, we give uh, to Zimbabwe, for example. But it has, it has been given quite a lot of... Uh, Reception elsewhere, and, and a lot of people are watching with uh, abated breath uh, about what might happen to that country uh, if the elections uh, go off smoothly and the and the, the outcomes are accepted. Uh, because if if if, if Mali succeeds, it, it, the continent would then have would have learned a, a thing or two about how to. Uh, quickly normalize a situation that is very, very complicated and, and, and how, how to begin a process of real transformation. Mm. And, and the two candidates really uh, work together. They know each other very well. But uh, who of the two represents the restoration of uh, uh, the constitutional order in Mali? Uh, both of them do. But both of them represent, uh, both of them commit themselves to normalizing the situation in, in Mali. Both of them uh, part the, con- the, the concept of democratic processes that must be, uh, must restore constitutional order in, in, uh, in Mali. Both of them reject a, a period of misgovernment and a period of uh, alienating government, alienating people on the fringes of society, a period of rebels, a period of uh, military intervention. So both of them do. Of course, uh, Ibrahim Bubaka Keita, uh, IBK as they call him, he has an upper hand. Uh, he has a, a bigger national profile. He's backed by major uh, power brokers, especially the religious uh, religious uh, court in in Mali, and he had a, a higher number of votes, much higher number of votes during the first run of. He had just over 39 percent, as compared as as, as, as uh, in contrast to Sisa's 19 percent. So he, he he has an upper hand. Mm. And and he worked with uh, the 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 ousted president Amadou Toumani Toure there, who was uh, uh, ousted in that coup in 2012 March. But uh, can we see beyond these elections a stable Mali? We should. We should see. There's no reason why uh, Mali should not rise out of this uh, much more stable than it, had, as it could ever been, could, I, could ever have been. Because the processes of transition uh, have been quite intense and the crisis they went through was quite uh, educative, I'm sure, for many actors in, in Mali. And I think they have uh, realized the, the mistakes of the past, including taking for granted the, the grumblings from the uh, far fringes that look very distant to cause any problem. And I, I think that uh, all, as, as a language of both uh, 
uh, contenders in this uh, runoff uh, show, uh, all of them have l- learned huge lessons uh, about how to, to handle things differently. Uh, but this certainly could be a very difficult process. It could be a messy process, uh, especially given the fact that it is this very rich country has very poor people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is rich in resources, but very poor people. The, the development process has been mishandled for a period of time, and that would make it very difficult uh, for anyone who, who takes over uh, now uh, to uh, to manage. Uh, they will need a lot of help from outside. They will need a lot of help from the region itself. and They will need a, a lot of help from within uh, the civil society within within Mali, but it's going to be a very hard one, and, and I don't see Mali fully normalizing uh, for another three, four years. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Sipamanza Zondi. He is the director of the Institute for Global Dialogue at five and a half to one. Time now for Create with Michelle Constant.